Blog Talk Radio. Good morning, folks. Troy Dooley here with RealMentorsRadio.com. And I tell you, I'm not sure if there's anything better than waking up every morning. Well, maybe not every morning, but most mornings, listening to the birds as the sun comes over the horizon in the Gulf of Mexico. I mean, I, I tell you what, for, for you that don't know, we... We have been blessed. We've we've lived on a on a barrier island now for 12 years, off of the Emerald Coast in the state of Florida, and it is just a remarkable thing to me. Been through hurricanes, been through tropical storms, but it's something that that is just it's a blessing from God because I, I tell you, it's the only way we got to live here, and it's just it's I tell you the people are great, the scenery is great, the dolphins are beautiful. Um, it's just great, but you know what? It took hard work, and that's what we're we're getting into today. Is chapter four? Really, it's principle number four. The tenacious bird gets the worm. Living the life you've always dreamed of. Ten rock solid principles that will absolutely, positively change your life. You can go to chriswidener dot com. W i d e n e r dot com chris widener dot com chris is a remarkable person He's run for political office helped change the lives of of maybe millions of people i know hundreds of thousands understands a variety of different industries and when it got right down to it said i want to change people's lives by serving them in an underdeveloped way and that is to help them become more developed i love this book I love this chapter because, like I said, I hear the birds. My my office windows are up. We don't use screens a lot uh, in in Florida. You just let the breeze. All the tropics are that way. You just want the breeze to come through. And and I'm sitting here today, and I'm hearing these birds, watching them, seagulls and cranes and just normal level little birds, hummingbirds. It doesn't matter what. And I think the tenacious bird gets the worms. I'll tell you something else, and it, it goes beyond worms. And it's the hummingbird. Do you know the hummingbird flies south, just like all the other birds? But they don't do it by themselves. They hop on the backs of the geese as the geese are flying south. When they go back north, they hop on the backs of the geese and they go more north. You talk about daggum teamwork. That's teamwork. When you see how integrated nature truly is and how tenacious certain animals, let alone humans are, to get through life. It's amazing. Matter of fact, on Facebook today, I I put up a little quote. My daughter-in-law put up 18 pictures or so from the delivery, the C-section of little baby Gabriel. And as I was looking at those pictures, I thought, what, 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 what is the greatest blessing from God but the gift of life? Matter of fact, it's easier to take a life than to give a life. And as I sat there and thought about that, and I was reading through Chris's chapter, getting prepared, I thought, man, that's what it's about right there. Whether it's a baby or a vision, whether it's a life or a goal, we have to break through in a big way. It takes tenacity. Calvin Coolidge said this, Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not, 
Nothing is more common than unsuccessful people with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. The slogan, press on, has solved and always will solve the problems of the human race. He had an interesting concept there, but it worked. See, sadly, many people who are not successful start to resent those that are are successful. But the reason that people are not successful, now there's many reasons, but here are two that, I've, that I, not Chris Widener, not John Maxwell, this is what I have observed in life. Two reasons people are not successful. One, actually three. One, they set two outlandish goals that can never be. They're just totally unrealistic. So they create a self-fulfilling prophecy of defeat. The second reason is they don't have that persistence, that tenacity. In other words, they give up too soon. And the third reason is they just don't believe. The limiting beliefs that they have been brought up with throughout their life, they've clung to, they've hung on to as if they were gold and silver. So when the going gets tough, because inside their heart they believe all the rhetoric that somebody else has given them, they give up and they don't believe. I think this chapter will help break through some of that paradigm. See, nothing is going to get rid of the hard work. Art Williams used to have a saying he'd share with us. He said, if you work hard, you'll beat 50% of the people. If you work smart, you'll beat another 40% of the people. But that last 10% is going to be a dogfight because they want it just as bad as you do. Whether it's politics, religion, network marketing, sports, medicine, it doesn't matter. 10 to 20% of the people at the top are the ones that said, I will not give up. Hell or high water, I'm going to figure out how to break through my paradigm, and I'm going to make it. There were many times I wanted to quit on network marketing. I didn't quit. I just figured out a way to win at it. That's what we all have to do in our respective parts of our life. Everybody has a struggle of some kind. I've got two great friends of mine, Garrett and Sylvia McGrath, top, top network marketers in their own right, wonderful servant leaders and teachers. I know their inside story. People see Garrett McGrath up there speaking. He's the president of the ANMP. They see Sylvia with her beautiful smile and her, and her brunette hair. And they think, man, they just got it together. They surely don't come from dysfunctional families. And yet when you hear their, their testimony, their story, of what they went through on their rise to the top, if you will, they're no different than you and I. I mean literally the same. Tom Chenault, one of my closest advocates and advisors, was an alcoholic drunk, ripped his family apart, almost lost his kids. 
before he became the successful businessman and coach that he is today. Donna Johnson, the hell that she went through before she made it to the top and now says, I want to give back, I want to help single moms and children. See, the list goes on and on. Sure, we hear stories sometimes of of people like Bill Gates, whose mom and dad are married and they're doing fine, and he took a little bit of money, took a risk, made money. Yeah, we hear all that crap. But when you talk about the average people, not somebody who was the son of an attorney, maybe it was his dad that went through this, but you start to learn. Do you realize second-generation millionaires and billionaires, when they die, their wealth is given to their kids that most of the time the kids will squander that? Every now and then you get a Donald Trump who will make it. Maybe that's why Solomon said it is best for us to leave an inheritance for our grandchildren. Because when you start looking at third generations, they're the ones that have to get back out there, dig, crawl again. Well, Troy, what's this have to do with tenacity? Because just as easy as it is to get to the top, it's as easy to fall from the top. And if you're not tenacious in every aspect of your life, you will fail. The current news is about the number one stud coach, Petrino, over there at University of Arkansas. Somebody that has had a remarkable career in, in winning teams. Tenacious on the field. Tenacious to win. Wants his team to be tenacious. He has a motorcycle accident with his 25-year-old hottie girlfriend on the back of the bike. You may say, Troy, what? why is that newsworthy? Because his wife and four kids that were at home had no clue. We are not tenacious in every area of our life. We are bound and determined to repeat our failures. So how do you win? How do you become tenacious? Number one, sometimes you just have to outlast others. You just got to keep going when others quit. William Feather said this, Success seems to be largely a matter of hanging on after others let go. If you want it bad enough, if it's burning a hole in your heart, if it's branded on your butt, you're going to make it. Chris writes, I have found that many people start on their dreams, but most never finish. Then those who stop resent those who make it. The truth is, most people who become successful have simply mastered the art of keeping on, keeping on. Great point he makes. Paul Myers said this, Determine what specific goal you want to achieve, then dedicate yourself to its attainment with unanswering singleness of purpose, the the trenchant zeal of a crusader. Man, I think back to some things like the crusade. You know, the crusades went on for like, I think, a couple hundred years. That's tenacious, man. I'm not saying I agree with the total philosophy there, but some tenacious people. Number two, sometimes you just have to hold on to the end. Franklin Roosevelt said, when you get to the end of your rope, tie a knot and hang on. Makes a lot of sense to me. Why is it we think at the end of the rope we got to let go? Just hang on. Matter of fact, I'll take old Franklin Roosevelt's thing a little bit further. On your way down the rope, tie some knots in it. That way, as you start to move back to the top, 
you got some knots that you can hang on to. It'd be a lot easier. See, this isn't just analogies. We're talking about your life. Why do you keep giving up? Obviously, there's something inside that says, I'm going to quit. I don't want the pain. I hate the pain. I don't want to feel it. It hurts. I'd rather be having pleasure. You know, that's the fun thing about sin. It is a blast. I've never met anybody. Walked into a strip club, ended up with a hooker, went out on a date with an aff- and had an affair. Man or female, doesn't matter. That did not have fun the whole daggum time. Sadly, it's the aftermath that's devastating. Same thing with quitting. You think it's hurting now because you're striving for success and it's painful to get there? Once you have gotten into the habit of quitting and quitting and quitting and quitting, it becomes so daggum easy that you don't even realize that you're sitting there at the bottom of the heap. I've met a lot of homeless people, and not all homeless people are quitters. Some of them just want to live off the grid. But I've met a lot of quitters who became homeless, lost their family out of self-pity. I've met a lot of people that say the government owes me this or the world owes me this. They're quitters. Nobody owes you anything but yourself. And Chris is a lot more... Uh, of an oracle than I am. I'm just flat telling you the way it is. You got to get off your daggum butt, and you got to get up and pull up your bootstraps, and you got to go to work if you want to be successful. Number three, sometimes the most beautiful results come from the dull things under pressure. I never understood this. Now I'm going to I'm going to read what Malcolm Ford said, and then I'm going to tell you what I didn't understand. It says diamonds are nothing more than chunks of coal that stuck to their jobs. Now I love that. But what I didn't understand is every time at Christmas somebody would say, you want me to give you a bag of coal? Now, once I found out that diamonds came from coal, I really did want a bag of coal. And they kept saying, you've been a naughty boy. All you're going to get is coal. And I thought, man, coal can keep me warm. Coal's worth money. Then I found out under enough pressure, coal would become diamonds. But you know what you got to do to get to that coal? Same thing you got to do to get to those diamonds. You got to get dirty. You got to dig deep. You got to keep digging and keep digging and keep digging and keep digging. You want that coal out of there, you got to put it on railroad cars. It's one of the most dangerous jobs in the world, but it fuels nations. And every now and then, somebody dug down deep enough and they found this a big old diamond. And you know what they say then? Same thing they say about somebody working their way to the top. Instead of saying, you want a bag of coal, they say, he's a diamond in the rough. She's a diamond in the rough. You know, diamonds don't look pretty until they've been cut. So you got to do, you got to get under pressure. It is, t- you know, matter of fact, I'll tell you a little bit of pressure. I'm flying to North Carolina next week. I'm going to be interviewing one of the most controversial companies in direct selling right now called Zeke Rewards. I don't I mean I'll tell you what this company is so in my this is going to be my word not everybody else's. Some people think it's the easiest thing, but to me it's the most convoluted business model I've ever seen. It covers so many different laws in order to, to 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 be legal, it's amazing. 
but I'm going to go up there and I'm going to try to figure out. But I'm going to be under some pressure because I'm going to be in a room full of people that I've written some pretty pretty harsh articles about. But they were willing to stand up and say, Troy, if you're willing to tell the truth and not just be biased, we're willing to open our doors. And I said, let's get together. But it's going to be pressure. See, pressure makes us good. I went to a Catalyst event not too long ago, and our whole theme was tension. Tension isn't bad. It stretches you. Pressure stretches you. This is how you you become tenacious in things. I wish everybody could go through boot camp. You'd learn what pressure is. In the last ten minutes, I want to talk about, so how do we become a tenacious person? Number one, you've got to become a person of vision. No more dull, negative, disillusioned, crybaby crap. you got to dig deep, and you got to say, you know what? I'm going to get my vision. I'm going to figure it out, what I was put on this daggum earth for, and I'm going to go make it happen. And that's what you have to do. That may be a small vision. Maybe it's just earning enough money right now to make sure my house doesn't go into short sale. That's a vision. Matter of fact, that's a huge vision. That's going to help you and your family, and that needs to be your focus, and you need to go for it. If that means taking a, a mundane job, working as a librarian at night just for extra money, you go do that. If that means moving pizzas out to people and them getting a, giving you, then go do it. Do whatever it takes to hit that vision, and you'll move on to the next one. Now, that's a small vision. So you're going to have just a small growth spurt. It's probably not the whole vision you were put on this earth for. But it's sure a short-term goal, short-term vision. Now I want you to dig deep. I want you to think of something spectacular that you feel you were put on this earth to do. It may it may just be being a mom, being a grandma, being a grandpa. And leaving a legacy that you're passing down generation to generation to generation to your grandkids, it may just be that. Or it may be something even bigger. Whatever it is, you've got to become a person of vision. That vision needs to have a test. It needs to be clear. You need to be totally clear on what your vision is. It needs to be concise. Don't say, I was put on this earth to be rich. I was put on this earth to change people's lives. I don't want to hear that. I want it to be totally concise. It has to be inspiring. It has to be something that not just turns you on, but turns on the people around you. It has to be achievable. You've got to have a benchmark. You've got to know you can achieve it. And it has to be easy to memorize. Second thing you've got to do is you've got to become a person of passion. Man, you can't run around. I said it earlier. You cannot run around here with a dull, negative, disillusioned attitude. If you're going to be somebody and you want people to see you, you've got to be passionate about what you do. I had a critic right on my YouTube wall because I've, I've been putting up some articles about Zeke Rewards as we head their direction. And he said, you love network marketing so much, you're blind to the facts. Obviously, he hasn't read any of the other articles, but I thought, you know what? He daggum right. I am so passionate about the community known as network marketing because of the people that I have met in it. I could talk about it all day long. Lord knows we got some cancer. Lord knows we got some ugly spots. 
but I've met so many wonderful people whose lives have changed, whose families have changed. I call it personal development with a compensation plan. See, passion comes from the heart. It's a burning, driving desire. I remember when I decided at 16 years old I wanted to be married to Paige, and I didn't know how that was going to be happening. By 17, she'd broken up with me, said I was too clingy, needy, whatever the case is. I just told her I wanted her barefoot and pregnant. I don't see what problem that was. And I remember when I got my second chance at 22. See, the passion in my heart had never died. It just kind of went over and was just simmering there. Matter of fact, it was kind of kind of weird because most of you know that I was married very young to somebody else. And every time I'd get into an and this is probably not a good thing, but every time I had an issue or every time Paige had an issue, because we were so close of friends, we'd get together and all we did was talk. None of that hanky-panky stuff going on. She was just my best buddy, somebody I could trust, and vice versa. We knew everything about each other, and we just loved each other. We just didn't realize it at the time. She had nothing to do with my divorce. She wasn't even in town. We hadn't even seen each other for about a year or so because of some other things. But I had that passion the 24 years I've been married to that girl. And that passion still rings true, not just for making love to her. I mean, I'm talking about just being in her presence is something that I just thoroughly enjoy. you got to be passionate in every area of your life. Number three, you got to become a person of priorities. This is what happened to, to Coach Perino, I think is his name. He didn't keep his priorities in check. He screwed up. I'm sure he never dreamed that just because he had this little floozy working with him that he'd hired and she was his mistress. He probably thought, man, I'm a middle-aged dude. I, I deserve this. I'm powerful. He got his priorities out of whack. Not only did it could not only could it cost him his marriage and his family, it cost him twenty eight million dollars in severance package. That's just double triple stupid dumb. Number four, you gotta become a person of excellence. I didn't say you had to become perfect. But you gotta become a person of excellence. People who live this is how Chris writes this. People who live life in high gear, succeeding in every area of life, are people who place a high emphasis on striving for success, I mean striving for excellence in every area of their life. That's what the Marine Corps taught me. My mom and dad did a phenomenal job at teaching us about excellence. The Marine Corps burned it deep into my heart. There was nothing that we did half-assed. We either do it all the way or we don't do it at all. I take on clients. I bust my butt for them. They pay me to think. They pay me to figure out a way to help build that brand and help bring in more distributors. Some of our clients wonder, Troy, are you ever going to get to work for us? I said, I am. We haven't seen anything. That's because this is the thinking period. But once we get her down, you'll be all right. So you've got to be able to have excellence in every aspect of your life. If you don't, then you'll fall short. It doesn't mean you have an ego. 
It doesn't mean that you're out there saying, I am the greatest, like Muhammad Ali. What it means is that you're not going to settle for good. You're going to push for great. I talk about Yahoo. I own stock in that company, and they've kind of fallen out of the way line. Bing and Google and some of these other companies are taking over. You want to know why? Because somewhere along the way, they decided to settle for good instead of great. I own stock in Starbucks. A few years ago, Starbucks had decided good was good enough. And Howard Schultz came back in from retirement and said, good is not good enough. Great is what we have to strive for. One company stocks up, one company stocks down. I've seen leaders that I have admired make it all the way to the top, sell their company and retire billionaires like Art Williams. Then I've seen other guys that about every five years have to reinvent themselves. One man that I've just thoroughly admired all my life couldn't reinvent himself the last time and lost it all because of ego. Man, you better be striving for excellence. You better be bringing people around you the whole doggone way. We talked about this on on Beachside CEO the other day, about leadership. You can hear that show over on the Home Business Radio Network. But I'm telling you what, you have got to bust your butt. You've got to make it happen. You've got to do just four things. You've got to have vision. You've got to have passion. You've got to set your priorities. You've got to live with excellence. Folks, I love this book. Chris Widener did such a great job. You can go to chriswidener.com. That's C-H-R-I-S-W-I-D-E-N-E-R.com. Phenomenal. Live the life you've always dreamed of. Tomorrow we'll be in Chapter 5. Stay motivated for success. Folks, thank you for hanging out right here on Real Mentors Radio. Remember, live life like it's an epic adventure, and I'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Bye now. Thank you.